right, we are recording. We're live? We're live. All right. Today's episode of Atlanta Zone is brought to you by Stumps. Do you have a, uh, you know, a versatile uh, tool that you need to be using for things such as holding tarps down or chairs or playing games such as Hammerschlagen with hammers and nails? You don't, huh? Get yourself a stump. You can do all of these and many more stumps brought to you by The Forest. Today's episode is also brought to you by Hipster Glasses. Do you think it's very unfair that you have 20-20 vision, but all the people with vision problems get to wear those cool glasses? Well, don't worry. Just pick yourself up a pair of hipster glasses. You throw those puppies on and wow, look at that. You can still see. But this time, people get to stare at you questioning whether, wondering whether or not you actually need those glasses. Hipster glasses. Become a DC liberal today. Let's start the show. What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky-ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? It's going well, Graham. Uh, as always, back in the Kalal studio, feels at home, just the two of us. We don't have that random guy that contributes nothing Yeah, sitting in the room this time. Sort of so like last week's show. Yeah, it's kind of nice. That was a... Uh, Whoever does our casting really flubbed that one. Yeah, um, they need to be fired. Yes. But yeah, all's going well. Uh, No complaints here. Just, you know, sitting down, nice little Saturday afternoon, watching some NC State, Florida State. Um, What's going on with you? (laughs) Definitely looking forward to tomorrow, uh, heading to the Braves game, and going to miss the Falcons game. Uh, which That's is, three out of three weeks, huh? Yeah. I mean, I've I've seen the other Falcons games. It's just been a matter of... uh, there's always something else going on, but this time I'm legitly going to miss the uh, the Falcons game, and probably in its entirety, just because you know, you go to the Braves game. You're going to the Braves game. You gotta watch you, the Braves. You can just, if I were going with you, mm-hmm. I would recommend we go to the stadium, but just sit somewhere and watch the Falcons game. You could, but I don't know. I mean, it's the last game I'm going to go to this year. I'm just gonna go. I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I, I would I would prefer to watch the Falcons game, but. CLV. Yep. Already got tickets, so looking forward to that, and uh, forward to seeing how we uh, we match up against the Lions. So we'll just jump straight into our uh, game recap here of uh, the Packers game last week on Sunday Night Football. Um, this was it felt a lot like last year in terms of how we came out in terms of the balance of offense. Um, you look up and down the stat sheet. You know Matt looked really good. Didn't have to throw the ball too many times. Only attempted twenty eight passes. It was nineteen of twenty eight for two hundred and fifty two yards and a touchdown. Devonta looked good, had 84 yards rushing on uh, 19 attempts and two touchdowns. Sanu contributed 85 yards. Julio had 109 yards. Um, Sanu is a guy. That, yeah. that was such like a sneaky good signing. It he, was. And he just fits with this team yeah. so well. And you watched him in Cincinnati and never really got his, really, you know, a lot of opportunities. He was like the third receiver there. And they had a ginger throw into him as well. That's true. It that never helps. Yeah. But, I, but according to Colin Cowherd, uh, Andy Dalton and Matt Ryan are the same quarterback. So, I mean, 
I, I don't know why he's doing so much better with Matt Ryan as, as his quarterback if they're the same if they're the same player. And you know, you think about it too. They have they both have great number one wide receivers in Julio Jones. So why, why is Sanu so much better in Atlanta than he is in Cincinnati? I really just don't I don't understand. Sarcasm. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Coleman looked good. He averaged seven yards a rush. He only had six uh, rushes, but he had 46 yards and caught Matt's only touchdown pass. Well, so Coleman had the proper cleats in this time as opposed to in Chicago when he was falling oh, yeah. every damn second <laughs> step he took. Yeah, and uh, he looked good. So it was great to see the uh, the offense was really well balanced. I thought Sark called a hell of a game. Yeah, there was, there was much more diversity in the play calling and all the the worries of the offense being too conservative were, uh, you know, I think those were some, I mean, I know we talked about it too. I, I know we didn't like really freak out about it, but I mean, I think we saw what this offense is capable of this game. And it's not like the Packers have the greatest defense in the world, but I mean, we looked fantastic on yeah. the offense. Yeah, it definitely looked like the 2016 version of the Falcons. Yeah, especially that first drive was just like, Precision. Oh yeah. I mean, it was yeah. just like we hadn't missed a beat. It was it was just tremendous. I love that they're letting the players celebrate in the end zones now a little bit after that first touchdown. That was they amazing. Did the, they did the basketball uh, shot with uh, was that Schweitzer? I think it was. I think it was Schrader. Schrader. I, I can't. I think it was before Schrader, Schrader got remember. hurt. Yeah, yeah, before he got hurt, it was either Schweitzer or Schrader. But yeah, yeah it was like it was Devonta like shot the ball and Schweitzer or Schrader made a made a hoop with his arms and it went through it. What was the best part about that, though, is since the game was on NBC, they played the NBA on, NBA on NBC theme um, when they went to commercial. So that dun, 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 from the 90s. Yeah, that yeah. was amazing. That, <laughs> what's that, a producer making that call? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. That, that guy probably got a raise. That, that was no, being talked about a lot. He's my fucking hero. Yeah. Um, no. So that was, that was fun. Um, defense looks really good, too. Um, got two takeaways. Um, Desmond Trufant, who we were talking about, looked a little sluggish last game. Did really good in coverage. I don't know what the hell Aaron Rodgers was doing on that pick that Desmond. It looked like he was throwing it right to him. It was it was a forced throw. That was one of the worst throws I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers yeah. make, where he was just like it was almost just like I don't know what to do. He I'm does that every now up. and then. Yeah, I mean he over. If you can rattle him, yeah, he overshot his receiver by like ten yards and threw it like right to Trufant for the pick. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, Vic Beasley had an amazing hit on. Aaron Rodgers, and we got um, where he just destroyed him, clocked him, clocked him, and then uh, Rodgers fumbles the ball because he was passing the ball behind the line of scrimmage. I know there's a lot of controversy as to whether or not that was really a, a fumble or not, but uh, Trufant picked up the ball there and ran Took it back, back in for score. a touchdown. That yeah. was awesome. Um, I don't know I'm saying awesome a lot. Uh, Stick with it, man. Yeah. If you it, find a word you like. Just you keep using it. Yeah. That's what I do. I enjoy having a limited vernacular yeah. after a night of drinking. Exactly. Um, and uh, so that was that was great, and you know we were up thirty-one to seven in the early parts of the third quarter after that play, and we just we were rattling Rodgers, man. We had seven hits on on Rodgers, three sacks in total. Tack McKinley also obliterated Rodgers. He had he had two he had didn't have any tackles. Yeah, he didn't, re- didn't show up in the stat yeah, sheet, but he watched it. Yeah, didn't record tackles, but he had two uh, hits on Rodgers, and one was another one where he just leveled him. It was like a, a brutal hit. And uh, it was a it was a terrible it wasn't a terrible pass it was a really soft pass and Poole had it in his hands and he dropped it and I think if Poole would have picked that off that would have been a pick six so mm-hmm. I mean, we could have won the game by even more than what we uh, what we won by and I think too 
Uh, we could have had more interceptions. There was a bunch of passes uh, defended, too, that could have been picks. So, I mean, it could have been more of a, an actual blowout. And honestly, the Packers only came back because I think, you know, and we still won by double digits, so it's not like it really got close. And everybody was freaking out. I know um, Colin Cow, not Colin Coward, uh, Chris Collinsworth and even my boy Al Michaels was were, were just could not stop talking about the damn Super Bowl on the, yeah, on the that, broadcast. It it made me. This was going to be one of my takeaways from the game, but like, it just I hate the damn national media and just yeah the Super Bowl hangover and like love fest with Tom Brady who's not even playing in this game yeah and love fest with Aaron Rodgers and it's just classic Atlanta not getting there. They're due. We won't get our due until we, until we win it all. We just yeah. gotta, that's the only way we're going to get it. And it was a great night for Atlanta, too. Like Not only the team showing out like that, but just the stadium being able to be highlighted mm-hmm. on the big stage with with the great anus open for the first yeah. time. And it just looked amazing. Mm-hmm. And we just keep hearing about these damn Patriots, which I suppose is going to happen until we get that Week 7 matchup against them. Yeah. And then... Which I am... I'm looking forward to that. I'm jacked about that. Yeah, with great interest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like... I think, you know, Collinsworth, when he just focuses on, you know, what's happening in the game is fine. But there are so many times when he's just – him and uh, John Gruden on Monday Night Football, they just they – just, they really just cannot stop this effusive praise of people even when they do the smallest things. It's like when uh, – in the like the Thursday night game, this is exactly what uh, uh, Collinsworth said against – it was the Chiefs-Patriots game, and it's like – Tom Brady's handing the ball off to Mike Gillisley, and it's just like, oh, no one hands the ball off better in the National Football League that than Tom happen. Brady. I know it didn't happen, oh. but it just, it just feels like it, though. It's like I'm just saying it's like they'll pick out little things. He yeah. didn't actually say that, but that's what it feels like anyway to me, where it's just like, I know I'm, I'm, I'm over-exaggerating, I, but it's, I, just, it's just these small things where it's like, oh, just unbelievable play calling there, just the handoff by Tom Brady. You just never see anything like this. This guy... I mean, he is a once-in-a-lifetime. He's yeah. the greatest of all time. I mean, it's like, shut up, man. I get it. Stop stop it with this just overbearing praise of people to I the su- point where it's not, like, warranted for these really small things. It's just like, good Lord. I, it takes the enjoyment out of watching the game. I suppose, and I, we got to keep in mind, and this is something Matt Lana pointed out on 680 The Fan, that, like, we've been here, like, dealing with the Super Bowl hangover for the past six months. So, like, we've kind of internalized it. And moved on. But yeah. for the national media and the rest of the country, this is their first time seeing us since that Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's going to come out. But hopefully we just got to move on from that crap. Yeah, and we just can't let it affect us. Um, I would say the uh, really the only negative of, of the game to me was um, was the injury bug finally bit us a little bit. Uh, Vic Beasley's out for a month, um, at least with a hamstring tear, slight hamstring tear. You got Ryan Schrader, who's out this week, is in concussion protocol, and you got Courtney Upshaw dealing with an ankle injury. None of these guys are playing in the game against Detroit uh, coming up. But um, I guess the good news, if you can take away good news from this, is that um, on Beasley's end, hopefully Upshaw and Schrader they're back after the Lions game. But with Beasley, he's going to miss games against the Lions, the Bills, and the Dolphins, and then we have a bye week in there as well. So hopefully. That gives him enough time to heal up, and then he's ready for that Week 7 matchup against the Patriots. Certainly going to test our depth on the defensive line, which we have a decent amount of, yeah. believe it or not. And this opens up the – this really opens it up for Tack. He's going to get a yeah. shit ton of snaps. Yeah, he's going to get released. Yeah. I know they're saying he's going to be featured on both the left and the right side of the line, which he hasn't done yet. So I'll be excited to see the the kid just putting his uh, hand down there in the ground and getting after the quarterback. Yeah, definitely. Um. But it really doesn't sound like the thing stuff with Schrader or Upshaw are going to be long-term, so that's good. There's talk of maybe trying to go out and 
get uh, Dwight Freeney back. But yeah, um, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, but um, I know Coach Quinn said that he was uh, that they they have been talking with with Dwight, but nothing's being done at this time. So it seems like seems like Dwight Freeney is just on the uh, just on call, and when they need him, if we maybe get more injured or if the injury to to uh, to Vic is 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 worse than what it seems, then maybe we we bring him back. But um, my biggest fear still is that the Patriots go out and, and get Dwight Freeney, and <laughs> yeah. he has like ten sacks. I mean, Dwight seems to be uh, pretty enamored with us as well. Oh yeah, definitely. He definitely wants to play here. Yeah, and we could bring him in like week ten, right? And he'll be fine. Yeah, and then totally. he'll be fresh for yeah. I don't think he's another just, playoff run. I don't think he's just sitting around eating pizza. No, he's, no. he's staying in shape. So. Um, yeah, so I think that's really uh, that's really it for the Packers game. I don't really have in terms of our uh, your boy our three Sch- takeaways, or, unless you have something. Go ahead. No, I was I just wanted to say your boy Schweitzer had a much improved he, game. He, I was he, actually watching him this time. Yeah, he looked a lot better. Yeah, um, he looked a lot better, and uh, that was nice too to see. You know, the guys I was kind of picking on last week, Trufant and, and Schweitzer, have good games. So yeah, he was he was rated as the uh, the most improved Falcon from week to week from mm-hmm. Chicago to Packers. So I guess that's why you can't get. Uh, just first game of the year, you can't read too much into it. Yep. Especially for a new starter. He's going to have a lot of lessons, learn from it. Oh, yeah. So. And there's a lot of room. And, like, and, and, and you know, it's the, the good news is, is is that we're not putting him in this sort of precarious position where he has to, like, you know, he's been on the bench for most of the season. And it's like, all right, kid, you got to start in week 11 and hopefully figure it out. It's like, no, he's got he's got three months to, to put it together. So um, and hopefully he does it a little sooner than that. But, you know. He's able to build chemistry with the line. He has a the he has the best center in the league in Alex Mack in terms of orchestrating the offensive line. I'm sure and he's sure he's learned a, a ton from him. Yep. So um, and we can't uh, you know overstate his importance too and his his health. I mean, Pro Football Focus has rated him the best center in the in the NFL in the first two weeks um, with their advanced metrics. And uh, I do you mean, know what these metrics are? I, I don't, but I know that's. Uh, I was trying to what what I saw is rated as the most approved Falcon. Yeah. I was trying to figure out. What's that base? How do you do that? Yeah, right. It's probably just like some guy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Ty Sambrello is going to start for Ryan Schrader this week against the Lions. He's the dude we just signed. uh, From Denver. We traded. Recently, right? Yeah, yeah, we traded right before the season started. Preseason, yeah. Fifth-round pick for uh, Ty Sambrello, who was the guy, for those that don't remember, uh, that, that game where Vic Beasley had three sacks last year against Denver. He was... The guy that Beasley was lined up against. Oh yeah, yeah, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but he's going to start for Schrader this and, week, and he stepped in once um, Schrader. W- I mean, yeah, once Schrader went down this past yeah. week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he looked all right. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I don't really have um, three negatives to take away from this game. The only things I would say are the injuries. You know, they're going to happen, and uh, I keep having conflicts for Falcons games. I was uh, <laughs> at a at a film festival over the weekend. For our, our movie, and um, we're having the award ceremony in the after party, and it was all during the uh, the award ceremony ended bef- before the game started, and then and so I was able to watch the game, but you know, I wanted to hang out and keep networking and stuff. So we had the game on at the bar uh, that we were at, so I was able to watch pretty much the whole thing. But it was funny uh, on that Vic Beasley sack. No one else was really watching the game uh, uh, against Rodgers. You lost uh, your mind, probably. I was like. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> and everyone looked at me like I was just it's like, "What's your problem? Yeah. <laughs> What's your deal, man?" Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, the only negative I have is um, 
Uh, well, I got to circle back to this whole uh, the stadium and national media. Yeah. If I hear any more crap about Chick-fil-A not being open on Sundays at the stadium, I'm going to lose it. Like Aaron Rodgers was like bashing us about Chick-fil-A not being open Maybe on he should learn how to uh, beat us because he hasn't done it since 2011. Well, also, does he realize that like Falcons games are only like 15% of the events going on at the stadium? I just don't think it matters, honestly. They, people can say what they want. People are always going to shit on us in some respect, and um, be it a Chick-fil-A being closed on Sunday. But hey, all that matters is we beat their asses by double digits, and um, we, we, we own the Packers right now. Yeah, so if that's my only negative, it's a good week. Yeah. What are you, any other pot, specific positive takeaways you have? Uh, not that we haven't already discussed. Sark. Yeah, Sark. Sark was up there. Sark was the MVP to me this week yep. in terms of coaching personnel. Sark and Schweitzer, those were my two big takeaways. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what – yeah, so looking forward now to the Lions game just tomorrow. Uh, Should be an interesting game. Yeah. Up there at uh, Ford Field in Detroit, and um, the Lions are also 2-0. Uh, they beat the Cardinals. Cardinals and the Giants. And the Giants, so two teams, especially the Giants. The Giants are really reeling. The Cardinals are – are old and dealing with uh, a lot of injury problems. Uh, they lost David Johnson. So uh, they haven't played a team of our caliber yeah. yet. I mean, Giants have a decent defense, but yeah, they're that's, that's about it. Eli looks just god-awful yeah, right now. Yeah, they need to get rid of him. Um, they sacked Eli five times. They have a good defense that's definitely improved since last year they had the second lowest sack total in the league, I think like 28, and now they they have, I think, eight or nine sacks as a team this year so far. Um, so they're getting pressure on the quarterback. Um Matt Stafford's playing well. He's tied for the league and uh, uh, touchdowns with six. And, well, he, um, he needs to living up to that to contract. The, the biggest contract in the NFL for Matt Stafford. Yeah, which is crazy. Guys never won a playoff game. But it's like pretty much whatever quarterback that's like halfway, like a top fifteen quarterback. If you're coming up for a contract nowadays, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to be the highest paid player. Yeah. Play, play, <laughs> highest paid player. Highest paid payer. Yes. Um, yeah, and uh, so. And they have some good weapons on offense too. They got uh, it's sort of how we have a two-headed uh, monster in terms of running backs with with uh, Tevin and, and Devontae. They have uh, Amir Abdullah, who's more of their um, pure halfback in the sense that he's not involved as much in the passing game, but he's he's turning into a very good running back. He had 86 yards against the uh, Giants last week, and then uh, they got um, Theo, Theo Riddick, Riddick, who's their pass catching uh, running back, and we've struggled in the past and this year uh, with containing these uh, really fast guys at the backfield in the flat getting screen passes. And they use a lot of screen passes with Golden Tate and Marvin Jones. Yeah, they go short. Like they, they don't go down the field. Yeah, but. and uh, so you look at Stafford, and Stafford's only completing 6.86 or averaging 6.86 yards per pass attempt. So and to you know contrast that with Matt, I think Matt's averaging a little over nine. So um, – they're not going to take a lot of deep shots ever since Calvin Johnson retired. They've been much more focused on the short passing game, so which is something we struggled against. So we're really, I think that's one of be one of the keys of the game is how we react to and scheme for these uh, short passing situations. I think we're a much better place to handle that with our fast linebackers and just the speed mm-hmm. all over the field versus where we have been in the past with your slow ass uh, Paul Warlow's running around out there. Yeah, well, speaking so. of Paul Warlow, he's on the Lions now. So, oh yeah, yeah. So we'll have their starting middle linebacker. I don't know if he's starting or not, but I think he does get a decent amount of playing time. Okay. So um, we'll look out for him. Yeah, say hello to him on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little info about the uh, the Lions there. I think you know, 
for us, the, the thing's going to be continuing sort of what we did last week, balanced offensive attack, getting pressure on the quarterback. It's going to be really interesting to see how Tack McKinley plays now he's getting, uh, you know, that he's going to be the featured pass rusher on the edge. And, um, and from what I've seen so far in his limited action, I can't wait to see him play a full game. And then you think uh, back to once, you know, Vic gets back and having them play together more yeah. on opposite sides. And this could, you know... Get his confidence up. Right, and, and I love baptism by fire situations where you don't really have a choice. You're just thrown in. So, uh, And I know he's up for the challenge. I was going to say, you think Tack's fired up oh, about God. this opportunity? He's probably, just sit, he, he's probably already just he, like he, rocking back and forth. Yeah. we got to get that quarterback! Yeah, he's probably just lifting weights, just screaming each time he lifts the free weight over his face. He's like, ah! He's just, he's, he's ready to go. I'm sure, it, it, like, taking down a portly fellow such as Matt Stafford must be very exciting for oh, him. Oh, for sure. So... I'm just happy for Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be a hell of a game. Yeah, I mean, Lions, we don't really know what they are yet fully, but they are a playoff team from last year. And yep. they're kind of the talk of the league right now. So this will be uh, – and, you know, they're going to be fired up with the defending NFC, NFC champ. Championship. Yeah. NFC Champions coming in. So We're, we're going to get everybody's best shot, and uh, it's always tougher on the road. If, it was on the, if we were at home, I'd be – I'm still really confident, but, you know, on the road in the NFL, and you got to respect the Lions. They're not – the greatest team in the world, but you know, they're uh, it's not like we're playing the fucking Browns or something. So no, and uh, as you said, they are they were a wild card last year, so they're respectable. Yeah, they are. Should be a good game. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Any uh, predictions? I know Vegas has a three point spread on the game right now. So you know I don't make predictions, Graham. I was just testing. You. <laughs> we're not, we don't have to be that yeah. stereotypical okay. sports show. Fair enough. Uh, I'll just say I wouldn't be shocked if we lost. I wouldn't either. But I don't expect it either. Yeah. I think they're going to try to uh, really contain Julio, and um, we'll see how that opens up. Because they have, they have good corners, so I think um, we'll see how that opens up the, uh, the opportunities for the other players. And I definitely want to see Austin Hooper bounce back. Uh, he did not have such a great game against the Packers. I think he only had, like, two catches for seven yards or something. So I uh, definitely want to see him get more involved. Kind of a different guy every week in this offense. So yeah, which is the great. You part. never know who's going to step up. Yeah, or who um, they're going to feature. Yeah, and that's the thing too. It's like you know, if we can keep getting consistently, uh, you know, I think Julio was targeted nine times and Sanu like six or seven. You know, if we keep getting that balance, you never know who you're going to go to, and you got to respect everybody on the field. So. I will make this prediction that we see our first Taylor Gabriel touchdown this year. Oh, in this game. In nice. this game. Yeah, because he's been really quiet this year so far. On a reversed, reverse end around. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yep. Okay. In the end zone. Swell. <laughs> well. <laughs> um, I think that about wraps us up for the Falcons, Yeah, right? I would agree. Yeah. Um, Should we move on? Yeah, let's move on to the Braves. Uh, Braves are wrapping up their season. Yeah, so it's the last homestand of the year against, uh, it's against the Phillies. And um, we have two series left, if you include the one against or three series left if you include the one against uh, Philadelphia right now. Wrap up uh, against the uh, Phillies, Mets, and the Marlins. Um, so in, instead of just talking about what we're seeing on the field right now, because it's not really that interesting to discuss, what we want to talk about some things we're, we're looking forward to uh, in the future. So, Adam, I'll, uh, I'll turn that over to you. Most exciting thing for the rest of this season is that Paul Bird is going to be racing the freeze Sunday at the game you're going to. Oh, God. I'm looking forward to seeing that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's worth going right there. But as far as uh, coming into the offseason, the number one thing for me right now is who's going to be the manager. Yeah. I think Snit has kind of uh, blown it a little bit. 
Like he, I was all in on the snit train coming into this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, this team's definitely underperformed. And I know he's got the backing of a lot of guys in the clubhouse, including Freddie. Um, well, Freddie's a loyal soldier. I mean, he was also very much like with Freddie Gonzalez. He was like, it's not his fault that we during the 2014 collapse. And it's like, it's not his fault that we screwed up. It's, yeah. it's the players. Like Freddie's, yeah. Freddie Freeman is never going to be a guy who's going to throw the organization or a manager under the bus. Under the bus, yeah. But anyway, I think that needs to be settled first thing is either bring the guy back, which I think if they were going to bring him back, he would have a contract by now, have an extension. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of on a team around Washington. Hope we hold on to him. I think he's a talented guy and uh, someone the team can get behind. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I I would rather get a younger manager, honestly. Um, like a Chipper Jones? Maybe awesome if Chipper came back. I would want Chipper more as a hitting coach, I think, than a manager. I think he would be more comfortable doing that, too, not to speak for him. You know, I think he said that. But just somebody who can really relate to these young guys um, – because I view Brian Snitker like I view Nick Markakis, like I view Matt Kemp. They're, he's a stopgap. He's the bridge before uh, the transition. So I would like to see a younger guy who can come in and really can. Because people always say that, that managers in baseball have the easiest job, and I would, I would disagree with that in terms of the easiest job in terms of the other professional sports. When, I think when you're a baseball manager, obviously you don't have to have like the X's and O's, but I think in terms of morale, how you utilize your players' bullpen management, yeah. but especially morale in the, in, the, in, the, in the locker room, it's paramount that you have a, have a great manager that can bring guys together and that won't let there be divisions or clicks or anything like that. I mean, we, uh, you know, I'll use the Indians, for example. I can't remember their manager, who their manager was before Terry Francona. But I remember when he was fired, there was a story that came out, and I can't remember which player said this. So I'm doing a terrible job of telling the story, but I remember the point was the player was like, there were like two, three week stretches where the manager didn't like talk to us at all. <laughs> like nothing was said, and we were just like, yeah, I guess we're just clocking in. We're we gonna practice today, yeah. coach. Yeah, we're gonna like clocking in, clocking out. And now you look at you bring in a guy like Terry Francona, and you see the Indians rattle off 23 straight wins or whatever it was, um, and how he's you know, transform that organization. Obviously he has, he has good players, but I mean, I think having the right voice, having the right guy in hand in there is very important, very important um, in terms of the results you get out. You got to have the talent, but you also got to have the right guy to utilize. Well, here's a question for you then. Would you trade one of our top three pitching prospects for Terry Francona? That's a good question. Um, No, no, no. It's as much as I, I just spent like 10 hours <laughs> valuing a great manager. I, uh, you don't value it that much, huh? It still comes down to having great talent. And if you well, said... I have prospects think, on deck. Yeah, but if you, if you said I'm going to give up Mike Soroka for Terry Francona, I wouldn't want to do that. Personally. Yeah. Um, because testing, I feel like, I feel like there at. are other options out there. Like, why would I want to trade? I mean, I know it's a hypothetical. But um, I feel like we can find other other options out there that we could we could bring in here. And and Ron Washington has had success as the manager of the Rangers. I know he's kind of from that older generation of baseball. I like to have a guy that could come in and 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 use more advanced analytics and, and, and statistics as opposed to just the eyeball test. Because I think as much as old baseball guys hate that stuff and I think that at times analytics maybe go a little too far sometimes, I think they are important and they need to be valued. And we need to bring in someone who can not only be a guy who can 
lead this team, but also understands a little bit of advanced metrics and analytics when he's when he's putting together lineups, when he's putting together shifts, all that stuff. Like I, I, I want. So you want a hybrid? I want a hybrid guy. A do it all. Yeah, I want a jack of all trades. I want a copy for management. Like he really likes analytics. So you're saying you want copy to be our manager? No, not at all. I'm just saying someone akin to that, I guess. A bald man. A bald young man <laughs> who is uh, lost all his hair. And uh, no, but, you know, no, that's important. But I, I just I just want I, I'm tired of the, the Bobby Cox way of doing things. I get it. I, I agree. The old shit. I, I, it's I a young team. We need a young manager. Yeah. And until, until Sherholtz gets out, I think we're still going to have. Yeah. And I'm just us. tired doing things this way, man. Our glory days are done. They are. It done. is time to let it go. It's time to let go of this nostalgia, and I love nostalgia. I love Braves nostalgia more than life itself. You live for nostalgia. I know, but it's like if we want to advance as an organization, we gotta we we we, we gotta just let let that part go. Respect it, love it, cherish it. But I, I want I want new blood. I hear you. All right, well, so that's what I got. What do you got, Grant? Um, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to seeing how we utilize money. Um, you know, how much money do we really get from? All this stuff for the new stadium. What's our payroll going to be? Who are we trading? Are we going to trade Marcakis? Are we going to trade Kemp? I feel like one of the, at least one of them is going to be gone over the off season. Um, I don't think you get much of anything back for either of them. I would still, and we're going to have to take on a lot of their money. Well, I would. I would rather trade Marcakis because he's not really. He's going to pay like eleven million dollars next year. So you, you know, you eat like six or eat seven half of that, it, yeah, or whatever. And um, can't wait to see Ronald Acuna. Um, God, I'm looking forward to seeing minor him league play. player of the year. Yeah, and um, he did. Yeah, he did win that. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing if we're going to the young pitchers uh, like Luis Gohara, even though he's had a rough game the other night against the uh, the Nats a little bit. Um, Passes the eyeball test. Yeah, like that man can throw. Yeah, if he can just locate. I mean, he's got like Chris Sale like velocity and movement on his pitches. He's leaving his pitches up a little too much for me, but. At, you know that can be. That's adjusted. what the season's for. Exactly. For kid. That's why it's good that they're up now, figuring this shit out. Yeah, and that's and so. And I also want to see all the old guys. I want. I want as many old guys gone as possible. I want Dickey gone. You do. I want Marquez gone. If we can get rid of Kemp, I want. I mean, you can still have a couple, of, but we have veterans. Like we have veterans here. Like like Freddie Freeman is a veteran now. I you know, Indian Ciarte has been in the league for six years. We. I don't need these twelve year players. That are just gonna are just stop. I'm tired of stop gaps. You want to bring back uh, Suzuki and Flowers? I think that's been a hell of a tandem. I, I, I'd bring them back. That's the only part where I'd say, yeah, I'd bring them back. Fine, because we don't really have any other options there. But I want if we have young players, I want to put them out there because once again, I don't think we're competing next year. I think next year is the last year where we're still kind of like retooling things. But we cannot take any more of these half measures. I want no more half measures. I want I want to see the young talent and. And and I, I I'm tired of these these stop gaps. And I know they've kind of been necessary in some places, but it, it needs to end. Yeah, I, I think it is time to trade a couple of these guys though and bring in a proven veteran pitcher, like in his late twenties, something like that. Yeah, like a frontline starter. Yeah, and because um, I'm ready to win, I am too. And it's and I feel like we've taken the right steps for the most part. We've had a couple of hit or miss trades here and there, but I think in terms of where we're headed. It's looking good. 
Um, but it's it's time. Yeah, it's, it's time, time to start because there's not a lot of guy. I mean, there are guys like us, but they're going to start losing fans. Yeah, at this point, the, the new stadium like that. It, the effect it, of that is wearing off. It boosted attendance this year significantly, but yeah, yeah that's going to wear. No one's, no one's going to give a shit next year, and especially since now the Falcons just bested them with the Mercedes Benz Dome, yeah, stadium, whatever the hell they call it right. nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the nostalgia. Well, the Lack anti-nostalgia. What's the word I'm looking for, Graham? Uh, Newness. That's terrible. But <laughs> roll with it. <laughs> it's worn off. So, yeah. yeah, they need to start winning to get some fans back. Yeah. And and I'm tired of just saying, oh, we want to remain competitive. It's like, you know what? If we're going to lose 90 games again next year or 80 games, whatever, fine. But put put the young guys out there and let them Take the leash off. Unleash the beasts. Let them let let them figure it out. And I'll close it out by saying this: For the love of God, get rid of Matt Whistler. Yeah, dude. Whatever bad. you do, actually, that's that's rule. That's rule one. That's the first thing you do. Don't worry about a manager. You can send in an intern to get rid of this guy. Like the guy's got to go. Yeah, he's been bad. And I I, I think. Uh, Bullpen wise too, AJ Minter. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Dude has electric stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, Viscaino and Jose Ramirez will probably be back. Um, they've been hit or miss. Sometimes they've been really effective. Sometimes they haven't. I know Viz walked in two straight guys with bases loaded the other night, which is frustrating. But um, so the bullpen's another thing. To watch. Yeah, they have to do some retooling there. Yeah, I think they're like they have the third third to worst ERA. Yeah, they've the really league. like since like June July ish. They've just been pretty bad as a unit yeah a little bit of uh what have you to discuss here we're in the uh talks of a promotional event indeed for atlanta zone uh no real details yet but we're uh thinking about getting a little tailgate together uh outside the great anus for one of the home games and uh you know we'll have some free food bring your own beer please (laughs) <laughs> we don't make much money from this thing. No. But, uh, we make none, actually. If we have users out there, we'd love to actually meet you. Yep. And, uh, you know, squawk a little bit. We'll, we'll let you know when it actually happens. Um, All food will be cooked on a baby grill, of course. Yep. And little Oscar will make an appearance. And little Oscar will be there as well, so you finally get to meet those two uh, great characters yeah. in our lives. You might be able to make a, meet, meet a stump as well. Ooh. Good thinking, Graham. Yeah. Um, well, that wraps up today's show. Thanks very much for listening. If you uh, think you would and other people you know would enjoy listening to two drunks rant about Atlanta sports, please let them know about us. And uh, for Adam Kalal, I'm Graham Waldrop. Pass the time to sip. <laughs>